The RPG After Years is part of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Find out more at probablywork.com. Welcome to the RPG After Years, your weekly show covering all things RPGs from the past, present, and future. This is episode 53. I'm Scott. I'm Rich. And I'm Jay. And we also have a very, very special guest joining us today. It's Final Fantasy XIV streamer and content producer, Mo Reigns. Hello. So glad to have you here. So excited. So some people that listen to this show might be wondering who the hell is uh, Mo Reigns. <laughs> um, so I actually know Mo through Dizzy, who has been on the show before. Um, I think you just he just randomly raided you one time, Mo, and you were playing FF14. Obviously, I'm a big Final Fantasy guy. And I was like, this guy's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I got uh, I got connected with Dizzy through I, I honestly I can't remember how we came. Around. I think it was I got, honestly through Iceman, um, who's another Destiny Two streamer, and just kind of ended up going over there. One of the times he raided, and well, you know, Dizzy he's charming and hilarious, and and here we are now. <laughs> yeah, I, I met uh, Iceman through Dizzy as well. I met a lot of really cool people through him. Yeah, very very cool community. It's just that. You guys, uh, well, not you so much, but uh, they all play Destiny, and I'm just like, my eyes glaze over. <laughs> so uh, it's always good when the, the the streamer is entertaining as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I said, really glad to uh, have you, and um, like I told you before the show, feel free to jump in as we go along. Once we get to the main discussion, it'll be all about you and Final Fantasy fourteen. So I am excited. All right, so let's just jump into the episode. We'll start out with a little catch-up. Rich, why don't you go first, my man? Oh, man, I've been playing a lot of games. A lot. Not really. Not sure I believe Uh, (laughs) No. Somebody's Um, a liar. Yeah. (laughs) I have been playing um, World of Final Fantasy for the RPG Club. So Get the waff, 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 (laughs) waff. We'll talk about that later. Have you made it to the checkpoint? So, oh, dude, I made it to the checkpoint the first day. Oh, that nice. Never happened in this history of the RPG club that we've been doing it for less than uh, almost a year. So, we got to uh, uh, chapter three and then we were like, wait a minute. We don't want to have to wait like a week and a half between actually playing this again. So we decided to space it out some and wait. Did it, yeah, didn't it's you a little blow past the uh, that first near automata checkpoint, though. Because you're like, oh, oh man, 
I didn't know that was the checkpoint. But I didn't know that that was like, I didn't do that in the first day. So I did it like a a week or so later that day. Like I was playing it on Sunday afternoon. I was like, Oh, this is pretty fun. I'm enjoying this chapter four. (laughs) Oh, okay. Here we go. Mo, I don't know if you're aware, but we do this segment called the RPG club. It's basically like a book club where everybody's playing along on the same RPG. We just started a world of final fantasy. I don't know if you've had any experience with that or not. I, I have not played that. I love the idea of an RPG book club, though. That's, that's actually the most amazing thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> We've only been doing it since, what, fall last year? Something like that? Maybe yeah, late yeah. summer? I, uh, what, we've only made it through two games? Yeah, we just finished mm-hmm. uh, near uh, uh, Automata recently. So, so. If, if I can ask, which ending? Did, did you get all the way? Did yeah. it all, baby. We did it all. Did it all? Ending <laughs> ending E unlocked? Did it yes. all? Yes. Okay. Okay. Great. Uh, that's that could be a whole discussion uh, since it seems yeah, like you've yeah. played it before. Okay. But uh <laughs> what else, Rich? <laughs> I have uh played Final Phase 14. So I've been trying to prepare myself for this this more. So you're still in between uh Realm Reborn and Heaven's Word, right? And then my internet are we losing? Yes, Rich? I still am in between all that stuff, so I'm just blowing. Okay, so between all that stuff, I'm still between Heaven's Word and um, trying to get to that content of it. So I'm having a good time with that. That's a big grind. I just got to say, I mean, holy crap. There's so, a lot. I don't I don't know why that's... It's so, actually reduced uh, from what it used to be, too, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, that's, I know that. It's just ridiculous. So I'm having some fun with it. I'll play a little bit later tonight uh, some more, but yeah, that's it. Just no, those you've two been games. playing uh, FF14 for like four months, right? Yeah, I and um, we can talk like more about it later. But I like I actually initially started Final Fantasy 14 back um, right before Shadowbringers came out. Loved it, and then just got distracted. Um, but yeah, I've been like seriously playing and diving in since um, like October of last year. And uh, and at that point, I was at the end of a Realm Reborn base game. Uh, and oh, wow. a, a couple weeks ago, finally got current with story content and finished 5.4. So, yeah, that was my that was my whole point is that he's already been post Shadowbringers. I just wanted to make Rich feel a little bad for a minute. Uh, <laughs> yeah, consider the fact that I've been playing 14 like off and on for years. Yeah, <laughs> I had to restart because I, I, I yep. canceled my subscription, did everything, and then started back over. And it's just ridiculous. Yeah. So, oh, well. it's fun. <laughs> Okay, well, if that's it, I'll uh, try to blast through what I've uh, been up to here. It's quite a bit, as usual. I've been pl- I started Hollow Knight, been playing that. Um, uh, I'm not sure I'm a big fan of it. Like, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm getting better at it, but like the the fact that the story is like almost lore based, it seems like I don't know. I'm just having yeah. a hard time getting into it. It's a beautiful yeah. game and it's fun, but <laughs> it's also pretty fucking hard. So. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I'm not, I'm not giving it up yet. Um, I know we said we beat Ori in the blind forest. Um, but I've been trying to hundred percent it. So I got through the areas they added to the, the DLC and now I'm just like cleaning up because once we actually finished those areas, I looked at the map and it was like 87% complete. And I was like, wait, I got this. <laughs> um, so that's been fun. Obviously I started back on uh, ring fit adventure on Wednesdays on stream um that's been fun one of my favorite ways to work out as you guys know um 
then I've also been playing Pokemon Sword. I got my second badge this week. And so that's actually been a lot of fun, like more fun than I thought it was going to be, because I don't know, I just I sort of fell off the Pokemon train after the first generation. So <laughs> to get back into it, it's been interesting. And people really seem to so like much. it on stream. There, there's so much that you've missed. Yeah. Is it, gap. Are the current generations, and I'm, I, I'm sure they are, but like just in terms of like the base game, in terms of fighting and catching, is it a lot different from generation one? Um, it's more the, or is it still the same, like rock, paper, scissors? Yeah. I mean, it's basically like that. There's a lot more moves and a lot more things that the moves can do to you that I half the time in battle. I'm like, I don't understand why that happened, but (laughs) it's easy enough to where it's not really a problem. Usually awesome. Plus, since I'm doing it on stream, I'm always asking the viewers like, okay, so this type is weak against what now? And why did that happen? (laughs) And yeah, in my experience, the Pokemon community is like the Dark Souls community in that they're like a fanatical community when it comes to that game, and <laughs> yeah. they love it, and they love talking about it. So, Yeah, uh, people seem to be into it. So this past week, I decided to like stream it for longer than usual just because of that, but, and people love nice. it. Uh, we also, Corey and I, started this uh, new horror game called The Medium on, uh, on stream, and we're only a couple hours into it. It's been a little bit slower than I expected because it's not a long game. So I'm waiting on that to heat up and like hopefully get a little scarier. Um, I'm a big horror fan, Mo, if you, you didn't know. So. <laughs> I did big not pass. Know. Big pass. Yeah. By the way, Jay, that game actually uh, pushed the PC. Like I had to lower the settings a little bit. So <laughs> Really? What, nice. When did that come out? How? It literally Explain. came out. It's a it's next gen or current gen, I guess you could say. And it came out just a couple weeks ago. So, um, I mean, it wasn't bad, but I had to like take the settings down just a, a couple notches. So was it was it lagging or starting um, to... like very low f- FPS? It seemed like to me. Oh, gotcha. Uh, well, not very low, just like kind of choppy. So um Corey and i've been playing through resident evil 5 we're actually in like the last chapter of that we're trying to plow through the whole resident evil series to, so we can be ready when uh resident evil 8 comes out and be ready for the big vampire lady <laughs> is anybody Wait, ever truly ready can one be ready for eight without playing all the resident evil games yeah, probably i'm just you know i'm just kind of a masochist like I, i'm a purist anytime i start a series i gotta start from the first one so <laughs> Um, but we still have like six and seven and I think revelations too. So we may not be ready at time. You'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and then finally, we also have been playing, uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. We actually beat that. We just have a Mm -hmm. few side quests to go. I was actually surprised because I don't really like the Warriors style of game, but, uh, just going through that game, it, I guess because it was so connected to Breath of the Wild, like it made us actually like it. And so I had a good time with it. Um, however, I don't want to spoil anything too much, but Jay, you were right about your canon question <laughs> last week, which I was disappointed by. Um, but I can't really say any more than that without spoiling anything. And I don't have it listed here, but um, as I mentioned before, my friend Lauren has been on the show a couple times Uh, She's moving at the end of next week. So we have been plowing Shadow of the Tomb Raider with her. And uh, we actually beat it last night. 
Thank you. Thank you. The goal was to good job. Uh, good job. To, to actually have that game done before she moved. And it took a couple late nights, but we did it. So, um, actually, I actually think that's the best one of the trilogy, in my opinion, which is I haven't heard that opinion a lot. So um, looking forward to reviewing that eventually. But that's it for me. You guys know I or maybe Mo doesn't, but uh, I have like this shotgun approach to video games where I'm playing like <laughs> 10 of them at once <laughs> slowly. I can barely play one. Yeah, same, same. What about you, Jay? I do not have a shotgun approach, so this is going to be nice and easy, but you better get that button ready. Oh, boy. OK. Oh, uh-huh. so I'm going to start it off with the boring stuff. Uh, I got the chapter two and WAF. Um, I It's OK. <laughs> I, um, there's a particular character that I hate so much. I cannot stand it. <laughs> I can't um, imagine which is... one it is. <laughs> <laughs> they are the so annoying. Um, but that's going all right. I don't I don't mind it. Um, I've been Gracie it. enjoys it. Gracie enjoys watching it. So it's like something that like a pre-bed ritual where she can just hang out and we'll play games and she's not going nuts. So that's good. Um, I have been playing a lot of Mario. So we bought Super Mario Bros. U on the Switch. I hate it. I hate that one. It's very <laughs> difficult. Um, none of us are good at it at all it's not easy so it is incredibly difficult so we stopped playing it and bought super mario 3d world whenever it came out back on uh the 12th of february and we are at bowser's carnival so that's world eight Six, eight yeah yeah something like that um so that that is going well we whenever we unlocked bowser's for that first castle the first time we were like 50 star green stars away. So we had to go and just like freaking c- grind and collect stars. And that that sucked. Um, oh, so you did I, it, though? Yes, we did it. And uh, I I, um, I didn't realize that you can go to a menu that tells you, like it lists off the world with the green stars, like how many you have, how many you don't have. I found that yesterday and I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> wow. I just I just. I just found a world that has five green stars. I only need four. We're going straight to that one. <laughs> is this the same Mario 3D world that was out for the Wii U, or is this like a sequel to it? It's a port, like an enhanced It's port. a port. Yep. So it's just, okay. I love that game oh so my much. Gosh. It is so very fun. much. And the fact that you can be Peach, like Peach isn't the damsel in distress on this one. My five-year-old loves it. Like she will <laughs> yep. just strictly be Peach the whole time. It's great. Um, but yeah, having a fantastic time with that, uh, incredibly fun game. So wait, did you the, beat it? We have not beaten it yet. No, okay. okay. Wait, I, I, I don't even know how close I am because I've never played this game before. So we're at, uh, Bowser's carnival after he, uh, spoiler alert, steals the fairies again. Um, so I have no idea. How There's close another world after that, but it's like optional. I think you're at the, the end boss there. And then there's also Bowser's Fury, which I think was is a new add-on yeah. with the Switch, right? Yep, I'm excited to play that. Yeah. I haven't started so, it yet because uh, I the UK had like a Steelbook edition. So <laughs> I had that shipped to our uh, UK host, Bill, and I'm just waiting on that to, to get here. So are th- are those not region locked, right? Like if you, you should be able to just pop that in the Switch, right? Yeah. 
Okay. I hope so. Anyway, yeah, I've, done, I've ordered games through Bill before, so yeah. However, I also played that game on the Wii U and like a hundred percented it, which means like beating every level with every character and getting the top of the flagpole in each stage. Like You're I went, madman. I went full ham back in the day. I think I had just graduated college or something. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Man. think I'm going to do that again with this version. Yeah. Right. You're going to get a go. I got, I, I got to do it. I got to do it. Uh, it would be easier if I just made Corey play through every level because you have to beat it. There's uh, well, I don't want to spoil it, Jay, but you got to beat each level five times. So, <laughs> but if you have multiplayer, then you can, you know, clear it with multiple characters at once. So that's good. At least I'm not going to 100% it. I don't blame you. It's, it's insanity so, to do so. <laughs> that is not in my blood. I've never done it. I never will. Yeah. So, Next up on the the J train, I play have been playing Trails in the Sky. Uh, so I beat FC, which is the first chapter. Good job. <laughs> so awesome game. I am really, really in love with the series. Uh, I love the uh, it's kind of like it's sci fi. So there is basically magic it's it's twisted in like some it's not magic it's science but it's magic um so they mix that up with like uh like geopolitical conflict and it's really great really good um so fc ended and then sc which is the second chapter immediately picks up after it like literally right after and these are two Uh, different games right they are two different games. Okay. I'm pretty sure they were initially intended to be one game, but then Falcom was like, this is getting way too long because it took me 50 <laughs> hours. took me 50 hours to beat the first chapter. And you know me, I am not a completionist, so I did not 100% it. I did do probably, I don't know, two-fifths of all the side quests. I did, I did all of the side quests that involve not fetching things. Um, so like just going and beating monsters on the, the different quests. And it still took me almost 50 hours, like 47 hours and something. Jeez. So it was a fun game, amazing game. I'm having a great time with SC as well. Um, but it's just like like uh, the tip of the iceberg with these trail games. It's it's, it's going to take a long time to get through them. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I played a little bit of Super Smash Brothers as well. A little bit of Breath of the Wild because uh, I bought two switch controllers a switch pro controller and then one of the uh, wireless uh controllers that i don't know not the pro controller yeah uh, it's like a little mario one that gracie uses but playing with a pro controller is much better than the um joy cons anytime so. i'm talking to somebody who plays on the switch regularly and then i find out they don't have a pro controller my mind is just like blown because i'm like I've, <laughs> I've been using that almost exclusively since day one so, <laughs> so I now that i'm have one. Now, now that i'm using it i don't i want to be able to go back i i yeah. uh i really love it especially with breath of the wild and super smash um but breath of the wild uh, i'm having such a hard time getting into it because it's um it's so loose. There's like no structure at all. You just kind of, you you have like those initial objectives of do th- these things. And then it's like, do them in whatever order, I guess that you want to do them in. And it, it screws I think me some up. people thrive on that and other people need that structure. So I can understand. So maybe you should just head for the story. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we'll see how much longer I, I play that. But at 
I, I want to finish some Zelda game at some point, and maybe Skyward Sword whenever it comes out for the Switch will uh will be my first. Hopefully, uh, Breath of the Wild is Corey's favorite game of all time. So it's like you know different strokes for different folks. So yeah, but that's it for me. All right. Well then, uh, what about you, Mo? What have you been playing, man? I'm playing a lot of Final Fantasy 14, if you can believe it. I am shocked. <laughs> shocked and amazed. Um, and honestly, I haven't been playing too much else outside of that. Um, it's it's uh, there's so much to do and there's only so much time uh, in, in the day. Um, I was going to ask you if you like ever game outside of streams anymore. Not like like a little bit here and there. So I um I love RTS games. I grew up on like StarCraft and Command and Conquer. So that's kind of one of my go-tos is to just like play a match or two in StarCraft 2 every day as a way to either kind of wind up or wind down before or after stream. Uh, uh, but outside of that, not too much. I do want to start. I want to go through the whole Final Fantasy. I say the whole Final Fantasy. I want to go through most of the Final Fantasy franchise <laughs> again because I've never beaten four or six. Um, so I Is need it to, six like your favorite, Jay? Uh, it's been a it's I want to say yes, but I it's been so long since I played it at this yeah. point that I'm I can't hold I can't back up any arguments. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I wanna I wanna play through those and then I want to play through seven remake again because I thought that was incredible. Um and then just kind of like start to space those in. Um Hollow Knight Silk Song's supposed to be coming out later this year, which I'm stoked for because I loved Hollow Knight when I played through it. Um yeah, outside of that, not not much to report. I'm pretty, uh, I, I same as uh, as Jay. I do not have a shotgun approach when it comes to game. <laughs> I'm pretty pretty well, singularly focused. To be fair, most streams every weekday for like four or five hours. Like, this right, this is so, true. <laughs> for so when he says just FF14, it's like, but thirty hours of FF14. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, well, uh, I've been. Uh, You've been talking about playing the other FF games on stream, and I'm very excited for that because uh, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more later, but I'm trying to like tune out the FF14 whenever I'm watching him because I don't want to be spoiled if I yeah. do ever get around to playing it. Yeah. Luckily, he plays everything in the Japanese audio, so it's pretty easy to like just tune everything out. So, <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay, so one more announcement before we uh, get into the news. So as we mentioned, the current uh, RPG club game is World of Final Fantasy. Um, when this episode comes out, the goal will be to complete Chapter 4 by February 28th. Should be pretty easy, as we've been uh, mentioning. We, we've The three of us have kind of flown through it pretty fast so far. But all right, let's uh, jump right into the news. Hear ye, hear ye, gather round for all your news. Stop your clatter and listen close. Alas, you won't believe your ears. Listen close for the news. All right. So there has been a lot of news in the past uh, few weeks. And since we did uh, the review on Near Automata, we have not done news in a few weeks. So there's actually more that we could talk about that we ended up cutting from the episode. And our first story here, although when I made this doc... It was probably the biggest story. I'm not so sure, but uh, we'll let Rich kick us off here. <laughs> All right. So there's a lot to cover what happened with Final Fantasy 14 during their normal um, fan festival that they have every year. So that's really good. Um, I can clear my throat here. So 
Yeah. We're going to talk about the next content, which is Endwalker. Um, have you guys seen the trailer for that yet? I didn't actually watch the trailer, but I read all about it, like all the announcements and stuff. Oh, it's going to be awesome that I have not got to. So it'll be probably another year and a half before I touch that <laughs> after it comes out. OK, so let's be real. So it's going to be a while. So February 5th is when they announced the unveil of Endwalker. So that's the fourth expansion pack for Final Fantasy 14. So definitely if you've not been familiar with the Final Fantasy 14, um, the history on that, we'll talk about that later. It has probably one of the greatest redemption stories out there in video games. Oh boy. So, yes, it does. It's crazy. So, Why do you Endwalker, think it's called a Realm Reborn? Yeah, because that <laughs> sucker, ooh, that was bad. Um, with this new expansion that comes out for Endwalker, you have a lot more uh, content that goes with it. You have uh, new tribes, new threats, new dungeons, um, small-scale PvP modes. Um, we have a new job class called Sage. Interesting. I don't know anything about it. I think it's a new healing class. Um, so definitely take take a look at that if you're into you the... burn some incense. Yes. Yes, you hit people <laughs> with, uh, with sticks. Um, so definitely take a look at some of the uh, classes there. The new level cap has increased from 80 to 90. I am nowhere near that, and that level grind is stupid. Um, <laughs> I can't. I don't know. Uh that's basically oh, well, all Mo's been doing on stream the past week, right? Just leveling your classes. Uh, and I, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> I, I like it too, but man, it's such a grind. Um, what level are you, Mo? So I have a monk and a dancer at 80. Um, because in, in Final Fantasy, your your one character can level all of the classes. It's not like it's not like World of Warcraft, for instance, where it's like you have a disciplined priest that is your character um so i have a monk and a dancer at level 80 and i'm leveling a paladin right now uh which is level 60 so i'm just kind of working things up bit by bit you and rich to do that pvp mode yeah um, <laughs> i uh i would get demolished i'm just to level 57 white mage that's it i go rub people with my stick white that's mage it. healing is so much fun though it's so oh cool. yeah i uh, I find it a lot more fun to, to do that. So with that, uh, the new expansion comes the in April. If you have the PlayStation 5, they're going to start doing the beta work for the PlayStation 5 version of the game, which I'll be excited for because I have that. And that's what I play mine on. Um, so definitely be on the lookout for some of those if you are a PlayStation 5 player with Final Fantasy 14. So that will upgrade some some nice details to it. I've heard a lot of people say that they're using this PS5 version as like a, a jumping off point, kind of, as far as like, okay, maybe now I'll finally use this opportunity to play FF14. Mm. I've heard a little bit of that. So it's it's supposed to be pretty good to do that. I I have mine with a, I play mine with a controller. And then I have, when I talk to people, I have my own keyboard set up. So it's pretty nice to have that. Uh, no extra cost for that. So Wait, so you play you on the PS4, but with a keyboard? Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, because I was going to ask, like, I don't understand how people could play these games. You with a weirdo. Controller. That's not <laughs> yes. normal. They actually have really incredible support for controller um, wow. in oh, Final yeah. Fantasy XIV. Because your some, hands are always like, just dancing across that keyboard. So, like, how would it work on a controller? <laughs> yeah, there are some, there are some like, legit top-tier players who use controller for fun. And it's and it's amazing to watch because they're just scrolling through all of their different menus where I have everything laid out. It's its, its own art form. Yeah, like a matter a matter of memorizing shortcuts, like specific com button combinations to do things. Yeah, well, which is pretty nice though. Like, uh, if I ever chose to, I could put a mouse with my PlayStation Five and play just like I would a PC. 
So <laughs> that ability. Interesting. Yeah. So, so go ahead. What, let's say with that, that's pretty much all the content that they have with the new uh, expansion that comes out. Um, I can't remember exactly when that's coming out now, but um, it'd be in the fall. So be on the lookout for that. But the scheduled beta is for April 13th of this year. Awesome. What do you think about this, Mo? Super excited. This is so cool. This is my first time uh, being current for when an expansion comes out. Like I, uh, <clears throat> I got current with story and finished everything that I needed to uh, so I could avoid spoilers the day that they did the announcement trailer. So they, it was, it went live at seven o'clock my time. Uh, so I finished at, at like two 30 that afternoon, finished the raid that I needed to finish the near raid, uh, in order to, to watch the live letter and not get anything spoiled. Uh, and it's just, it's been a cool experience to be current and have things that they're talking about be applicable to me as a player, as opposed to like, oh, cool, a WoW expansion's coming out. Like, that's neat, I guess. And not really having <laughs> having it mean anything to me at all, even when I was playing uh, WoW. So I'm, I'm super excited. I think all of the, <clears throat> we can go into more detail later, um, yeah. but like all of the changes they announced were amazing. Um, and they also, and this isn't a spoiler, but they announced that 6.0 will be the end of the storyline that they started telling with a realm reborn. Um, I was just about to bring that up. Cause I'd heard that like, yeah, yeah. but final fantasy 14 is going to continue, but it's essentially, I, I guess what they're going to do is they're going to end this story and then start a new story still within the universe of final fantasy 14. It's I'm interested. Yeah. It's now, not listed here in the, the news, but didn't Yoshi P also come out and say they are planning for at least five more years of content. I was, I was going to talk about that. Yeah. So they, um, they came out and said that they have years and years worth of content for this, uh, for this game. It's not going anywhere, anywhere, anytime soon. Um, you're going to look at massive updates, you know, as years go on. Um, it's, it's not going anywhere. Nope. I think this will eventually surpass, um, world of warcraft at some point i think honestly i don't see any reason why they would i mean um they already have like 14 already has such good infrastructure like such a good base um like it doesn't make sense to kill it and create a new mmo um yeah because it it just doesn't make sense. I mean, like a month and a half ago, we got news that they were planning another like new content for Final Fantasy 11. So <laughs> I really don't think 14 is going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, even if they needed to do like some type of update for some some type of next gen hardware, like it's not that hard to push out just specific updates to the underlying software. Like I hope I really want to see them continuing to invest in 14 as a MMO Instead of being like, well, let's move on to the Final Fantasy 20, the next MMO. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't think you're gonna have any problems like changing all that stuff up. I mean, look at the the PlayStation 5 version. We just got the PlayStation 5. They're already getting ready to roll out the that version of that console. Um, oh, and for you Xbox players, it's never gonna come to the Xbox. <laughs> Sorry. Just Sorry. gonna say that out loud. They, they they already made a comment about that. They, at one point they were saying Xbox was like, Yeah, we're gonna get 14 on the system. And Square Enix said they do not have the resources for that and they're not going to do it. So, yeah. well, okay, but I guess we can talk about more of uh, that stuff a little later when we get to the main discussion. So, let's uh, move on here. Okay, so Nintendo had a Nintendo Direct for the first time in like 530 something days 
a full direct earlier this week. Um, I streamed it. I was a little let down on it overall, but the uh, the stream was actually was like surprisingly RPG heavy, like lots of RPG news. So I'm going to try to like fly, kind of fly through these. Um, first up, they announced Pyra and Mithra from Xenoblade Chronicles Two are the the, ne- the next DLC character in Smash. Um, Jay, you, you're the only one here that's played Xenoblade Two, I think. So is that are they cool characters or what? Yeah, they're super cool. They're like the the main um, force of good in Xenoblade Chronicles Two. Yeah, I'm excited about this, and Grayson is especially excited about this. Um, she has crushes on the both of them, and um, they are. Except I don't, I don't know how to exactly unlock characters in Super Smash, especially DLC characters. So I need to probably look that up. Uh, well, you open up your uh, your wallet and you pull out your credit card, <laughs> and then... <laughs> so you can just buy these characters. You don't have to like buy them and right. then go do twelve hundred battles to unlock them. No, they're available as soon as you pay for it, basically. Excellent. And if you get the uh, the whole fighters pass, you'll also get a uh, Sephiroth. So there you go. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people, well, maybe not a lot of people, but a lot of people were pleased that the character from Xenoblade Two was not Rex. Um, would uh, you echo Rex that? sucks. I hate <laughs> Rex. I'm very ex- I'm very happy that it was Mithra and Pyra, and I'm specifically happy that it's the both of them. I'm not going to go into any too many big details, but the fact that you can switch between them makes a ton of sense. It's very interesting because um, starting with Smash on Wii U, I think that they made it to where all the characters that had like big switches as far as like switching between different characters. Uh, they they sort of split them up or removed them, so this is like they're bringing that mechanic back because you know it used to be Zelda and Sheik were the same character, um, mm-hmm. so it's just interesting. So I'll be looking forward to seeing how they play. I wasn't very hyped because I haven't played Xenoblade, but it's cool anyway. Did can you all like? I don't know if you have experience with it. Is like Xenoblade Chronicles and Xenosaga. Do those still take place in the same? I only ever played the original Xeno Gears for PS One. Is it the same universe, or is it just completely independent games? <laughs> so don't quote me, but I think they're different. So they're it's a more complex than that. Different, but not different. Okay. <laughs> it clears everything up, right? <laughs> I, yes. I, I, yep. Yep. Um, the next, so uh, they're, so they're different, but there's some context behind got it. it. I know, got um, it. in Xenoblade two, can't you like unlock one of your blades as Cosmos from those old Xeno games? I think that's the yes. case. Yeah. Yes, you can. Very cool. Um, the next RPG thing from the direct, they announced uh, a legend of mana remaster, uh, to, it's coming to PS4 switch and PC on June 24th worldwide. I know, uh, Square, I've took out a few mana related stories here, but like Square seems to like really be pushing the mana series lately. I know Trials of Mana sold like it was the best selling entry in the series so far. So um, anybody excited about that? I might try it. It looks kind of cool. I only Um, ever played Secret of Mana, but I loved it. So (laughs) I might try it. Disa in the chat said uh, Pyra and Mithra were awesome, but she was disappointed because they thought that they were announcing Xenoblade 3. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, Disa. Um, they also uh, announced the release date for Saga Frontier Remastered, which uh, I know Rich is super excited about. Pass. Hard pass. Get the hell out. <laughs> um, 
for context, uh, Mo, a long time ago, Rich had to play uh, Saga Frontier for the show, and he hated it. So, <laughs> oh, was, oh, god, awesome. no, um, that's coming hey, on Rich. April. What? What's the saga? I, I'm gonna. I swear to God, I'm gonna punch Bill when I see him. <laughs> I'm just gonna punch him. I'll, it's gonna be a long time before I ever see that man. I'm gonna punch him just because of that. This was before Jay and I were on the show, Mo. So, <laughs> okay, okay. There's there's some history there. Noted. Um, another major announcement: They announced uh, Square Enix announced tactical RPG, tentatively titled Project Triangle Strategy, which may win the award for worst title ever. Um, <laughs> announced for Nintendo Switch, and a demo is available now. I actually tried it on stream. It looks like Octopath Traveler had a baby with Final Fantasy Tactics, and it plays like that too. I'm so into this. I'm yep. really excited because I loved. Final Fantasy Tactics. At least I remember loving Final Fantasy Tactics. I haven't played it in, in over a decade. Um, but I yeah, also you and love... I just became best friends. <laughs> right. I, I also love the aesthetics of Octopath. Uh, I have some issues with the the actual story and getting through the story and and the and whatnot. But the gameplay and the aesthetics of Octopath are god tier for me. So mixing them together just uh, sounds so this- great. What if this turns out to be the next uh, tactics game? <laughs> that, that would be surprising. That would be cool, though. Um, so, I, <laughs> like I said, I, st- I did not finish the demo, but I did play the first battle, and it was really fun. And uh, it starts you off in, like, Chapter 6, so there was a lot of context missing for the story, but the story seemed like it might be legit. So, And it's all voice acted, so that's nice as well. I mean, if the characters actually interact with each other beyond, yeah. like, a couple of text boxes... I mean, that was everybody's complaint about it. Octopath, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. We also had, we finally had an HD remaster of uh, Zelda Skyward Sword announced for the Switch. Been long rumored, but it's uh, set to release on July 16th, and I have already pre-ordered it. So, Technically speaking, isn't, I remember, and I, you already, we already had a Zelda episode that dived into this, but isn't Skyward Sword like technically one of the first ones? It is the earliest the, game in the timeline, chronologically. Yes. And okay. uh, it sets up a lot of things, like explains why the cycle keeps repeating, things like that, why, how Hyrule got founded, that kind of thing. I'm probably going to play that one before anything else. I think Gracie was also kind of excited because it looks like there's a little more uh, like um, a little more of a relationship between Link and Zelda in that one than maybe some of the other ones. Yep. Um, there's actually like a romance between them in that one. In my opinion, uh, Skyward Sword has the strongest story in Zelda, which, to be fair, is not a very high high bar. But uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I loved it when I played it. Um, and they're also adding button controls for anybody that hated it because of the motion controls. It's hard for me to imagine how you that game would work without motion controls, but they did it. <laughs> now I want them to do Twilight Princess. Yeah, I don't understand why they're not. I'm still hoping for like some kind of Zelda 35th anniversary direct. And they're like, we're bringing Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword to the Wii and maybe some other cool Zelda shit. But um, yeah, I'm a huge, huge Zelda fan. So we'll be playing that again. And then Did finally, Skyward Sword <clears throat> come out after Twilight Princess? Yes, it was the okay. most recent before Breath of the Wild. Well, most recent console game anyway. So why the heck are they doing that before Twilight Princess? I don't know. Which I'm fine. I'm fine with it uh, because I'd rather play Skyward Sword at, at this point. But I just remember Twilight Princess being good. 
a lot of people would argue with you, but I like I love all the 3D Zeldas. So, <laughs> um, and then finally they announced a port of Metopia, which was a 3DS RPG starring the me characters, like your your little me's that you could create. It's like really cutesy, but it's also an RPG. Um, I don't think I'll be picking that up just because it's like who has the time, <laughs> but it, it looks kind of cool for some. I'm sure some people will love it. Is what I mean. Okay, and that's it for the direct. All right, so next up, Cyberpunk 2077 reportedly had the biggest digital game launch of all time, um, which is surprising given all of the backlash, all of the issues. And this includes all of the people returning their copies and getting refunds, as well as Sony no longer selling the game in their store, uh, the PlayStation store. So I was it, say it, it also probably had the biggest digital refund of all time. <laughs> yeah, I mean they still sold over 10.2 million or something like that. So it's insane. the The game is still wildly successful despite all of the controversy, the and ongoing controversies and the continued issues of CD Projekt Red, which we will. Um, uh, looks like that this story actually was removed, so I'm going to include it here, but. Even though this game still sold, the CD Projekt Red was targeted by, um, by like hackers. hackers and stuff. And one of their servers got locked up with malware, and um, yeah, they they ended up losing a bunch of source code to The Witcher and Cyberpunk because they didn't want to pay the hackers uh, their ransom. So lots of adversity that CD project red is going through some brought on by themselves, some induced by outward sources, but still kind of brought on by themselves because they don't take cybersecurity seriously, apparently. Um, but as still as news goes though. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> but still, despite all of that biggest digital launch of all time. So kudos to them uh and it looks like we're gonna have another next gen update coming in the second half of this year um mo just in case you don't know we do this uh thing for patreon called the aftercast and it's basically like a 30 to 40 minute extra episode where we just uh talk about whatever we want we don't have like any kind of fears of talking about politics and that kind of thing we've been trying to do uh, an episode about all this CD project red controversy for a long time now, but like th- it seems like every week there's another story. So we're just waiting on everything to settle <laughs> down. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, coming 2023. Yeah. Yeah. By, by the time we release an aftercast episode, it's like stale. It's like, well, yeah. God dang it. No, we got another one. By that point, cyberpunk 2078 will be out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so one day we'll get there. Okay, so Diablo 2 Resurrected was announced for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series Series, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, which will release in 2021. And I see Mo dancing for that over there, so it means he's pretty excited. <laughs> Big excite. Um, yes, so it's it looks to be a really good update um, for Diablo 2 that's going to be out there. Um, no really news on Diablo 4 at this time. I think that's still a ways off. If I remember correctly, they said not to expect it this year. That wasn't a, yeah. a news story. Is yeah. this just a remaster? Yes, with all the extra content and everything. Um, let's see. I'm kind of looking through this just to make sure I'm not missing anything. You have 4K resolution, uh, Dolby 7.1 surround sound. Uh, you have all the extra content. 
So from what I saw side by side of the original versus this one, it's a huge update to it. So hmm. uh, I've never played the second one. I only played the third one. Same. So. And I'm looking forward to this one. It's really good. It's um, really, really good. There was a another story that I removed about um, apparently Vicarious Visions was pulled into Blizzard to help them. And the, the rumor was like on some kind of Diablo 2 release, re-release. And uh, then it became true between me making the doc and actually recording. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I've never played any of the Diablo games. I don't really think that they're my thing but i know it's just like a, a huge series it sounds like mo you uh you probably have a lot of experience with it that was diablo 2 is one of the games that i just grew up with um like i was i was a big fan of blizzard back in the day uh with like the original starcraft and i grew up with diablo and diablo 2 um it's a very it's a great game it's very well done diablo 3 i also thought was really well done um like i enjoyed it for what it was it was definitely a uh uh different game i'll say um it didn't i i think it it pushed some of the original fans away because it just didn't have like as much customization um as the first one which just kind of tends to happen with with long-standing franchises they start to make them a bit more accessible which can lead to some simplification of some things and i think you had people who put a lot of hours into diablo 2 who were maybe a bit bummed with how they handled diablo 3 and how it was a bit more linear but um yeah, Diablo 2 is fantastic. I am uh I'm more excited for the Diablo 2 remaster remake uh than I am for Diablo 4. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I'm happy for you. And uh Rich, have you ever played a Diablo? Mm-hmm. I played Diablo 3. Okay, I thought so. I was just making sure. Yeah, that's why like I'm looking forward to go back to play this one and uh kind of pick up to see how some of the things happen in Diablo 3 and Diablo 2, obviously. So it's yep. gonna be fun. Awesome. So next up, Kingdom Hearts series comes to the PC for the first time, but it's via Epic Game Store <laughs> and, and costs $60. Um, so that's awesome. It's coming March 30th. I'm not going to buy something off Epic Game Stores. I also already have the series for the, the PlayStation 4, but if I wanted to buy it for PC, I'd want to do it on Steam. Um, there had to have been some kind of like money exchanged, right? Like we will give you this much money to make it exclusive to Epic. Yeah, That's there had to have been some so kind unfortunate. of unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it but is cool it. that they are it's coming just... to uh, PC at all, I guess. But I don't get like you can get them on PS4 for like fifteen dollars, or maybe le- even less if they're on sale. So it's like, what are they thinking? <laughs> I don't know. Because it's sixty per game, right? They're not releasing the uh, the uh, final mix where it's it's like five games for 60 bucks or whatever. Oh. That's what I have. So on it's so it's uh, so they are it's still kind of like how whenever the the different sets. So 1.5, 2.5 remix, $50, 2.8 final chapter prologue, $60. Kingdom Hearts 3 plus the DLC is $60. Melody of Memory, $60. Oh, so it's not I like some huge bundle, um, but it's. I mean, it's still yeah, $180. Still like, yeah, brand new price for all of them. And at this point, they're not worth it. So go yeah. go buy them um, somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this was a little bit out of left field, but uh, Pokemon, uh, the Pokemon company has hired Post Malone <laughs> to do a concert for Pokemon Day to help celebrate, uh, I think it's Pokemon's 25th anniversary. 
Is he going to be sitting here, sitting there singing rock star, talking about banging hoes and popping pills with people on their Pikachus? Like, I, don't <laughs> I this is, uh, I don't know. This is wild. And it looks like the trailer has like an animated version of Post Malone oh, at, at a concert. No. <laughs> what? No way. Um, I you know what I want to see. I want to see them take the song rock star, but make it into a Pokemon song. So like like instead of I've been popping pills, maybe like I've been throwing pokeballs or something. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> um but this is apparently going to be February 27th, so not that long from now at 7 p.m. Eastern and it will be streamed live to the Pokemon YouTube channel and the Pokemon Twitch channel as well as the awesome. 25th anniversary website. So I'm just thinking there had to been like they had to have hired some kind of social media manager and been like, "Okay, make this some kind of big thing they're like okay we got we got post malone like what <laughs> um awesome. i would i would have preferred maybe like lady gaga or something but i can well, settle for i know they also have they, they have katie perry uh helping promote the 25th anniversary <laughs> what so uh, and katie perry apparently said that she's like a big pokemon fan who knows how true that is but <laughs> probably not <laughs> yeah um Everybody's a Pokemon fan. If you if they can say if the, talk if about the paychecks, Pikachu. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> like I know who Pikachu is. I love Pokemon. Yeah, I think I think I remember I saw like a, a photo of her with a Pikachu tail or something like that. So, uh, things are things are getting crazy over with Pokemon. Yes. So the next one is the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic game is reportedly being developed without the crazy EA and Bioware people. So I it won't be bad. I am so excited for this. I am such a diehard fan of the Knights of the Old Republic series. I uh, I hope it it becomes something good and does the uh, the previous games justice. Not I wasn't a huge fan of the MMO because I'm not a huge MMO person. But the first and second Knights of the Old Republic. So good. Amazing game. Yeah. KOTOR is the best Star Wars story ever told. I don't fight anyone on that. I I even read the book. Oh, I didn't read the book. Was it good? It's good. It it actually so it sets up the story, uh, like Revan's part of the story in the MMO. (laughs) So good. Okay. Cool. Cool. Fantastic. Yeah, I've I've heard nothing but good things about those games. I've not played them because I'm just not a big Star Wars fan. Like I like it, but it's very casual. Um, Same. Actually, actually, the book sets up the second game, if I recall correctly. So you have the first okay. game, you read okay. the book, and then it sets up the second game. If you if you play the second game and know who the main character is in the second game, it explains yeah. a lot more about that. Well, thank God that the EA's exclusivity contract with Star Wars games has is apparently expiring. Uh, so maybe we'll. I mean, I know uh, that that Lost Fallen Order was apparently pretty good. But uh, it's been kind of questionable for years. <laughs> I had an issue with it because of I could oh, I just saw the main character as that character for that the kid from Shameless. <laughs> That's all I saw. I was like, okay. What that. were you gonna say, Mo? I I think I'm in the minority on this. I I played Fallen Order. I really liked it. It, it was fun, uh, and I played it on the hardest difficulty. Whoa. Uh, but I thought that Fallen Order. Uh, I think it got released at the wrong time 
because it there were other games that did what it was trying to do better. Like mm-hmm. the example I'll give is like the combat system in Fallen Order, I think is the way you should handle combat in a Star Wars game where it can be really interactive and you can have a parry based system and everything. But it came out after Sekiro and Sekiro is like the gold standard for that mm-hmm. kind of combat. And Fallen Order just it just wasn't quite there. I didn't feel mm-hmm. um, so it was just I, like and I thought the, I thought the story was fine. I don't know. I wasn't like blown away with it. I, like I said, I, I don't think it's on the same level as like KOTOR or anything like that. Well, then maybe it's good that the EA thing's expiring. I know um, yeah. Lauren, who I mentioned before, has been telling us, you got to play Fallen Order. It's so good. I'm just like, eh, I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. All I know is if that if if they remake this, if they have this game and it has Revan in it and he takes off his mask and it's like Tom Cruise, I'm going to be so <laughs> mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that you put it out into the universe, it's definitely yeah. happening. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So next up, Atelier Mystery, Mysterious Trilogy Deluxe Pack launches for PS4, Switch and Steam on April 22nd. So this is a bundling of some Atelier games. The... Uh, like I said, the mysterious um, trilogy, which includes Atelier Sophie, Atelier Ferris, and Atelier Liddy and Suli, all the DX versions. Um, so if you're a fan of the Atelier series, look forward to that April 22nd. I know we got some people in the audience who love those games. Um, so I, I think it's probably a good way to get into this series if people are interested. I've heard that you want if you want to get into the series, start with Atelier Riza and then play the other one. I think Colin suggested that. Oh, okay. Well, maybe uh, I think it got nominated for RPG Club, so maybe we'll be forced into getting our feet wet with it at some point. Rich would hate it. He would hate it so much. It's all jet. There's no no uh, English dub. It's all Japanese. All the waifus. What? You have to you have to read. I don't I don't do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, so. This is some big Mass Effect news for everybody. So the Mass Effect Legendary Edition releases Mar- uh, May 14th. Um, so I'm not really a big fan of Mass Effect, so I don't really know too much about it, to be honest. I know it's a big series by EA and, and BioWare. <laughs> it's a game with yeah, aliens. That's, that's, <laughs> uh, in relationship building and choices and customization, and there's a story. So there you go. Um, they've done a lot of updates for the first uh, three games and and. You know, that's all I know. Who knows more about Mass Effect? I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be awesome. It's going to yes. be really good. Sure. Mass, it's 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 a great story. It really is. That's like what it's an incredible space opera. Mass Effect 2 in particular is like I would put in my top 10 games of all time. Um, two is the only a, one across that I play. across the board um, and playing one and three gives more context to two like they just they did a really good job of actually having actions that you do in one impact two and then impact three and uh it's yeah i'm i'm super excited for that i've never Man, played that guys. either but i'm excited to because i've heard so many good things and uh i've, I've always like kind of wanted to play them and i've just been waiting on this hd remaster I, this and yeah. yakuza are like the two series where like i, I want to track those so i know it's got through the second one uh, it does yeah i played <laughs> through the second one on release and then I've the only other one I've played is Andromeda, and I I played maybe like three hours of Andromeda. And I'm like, Ugh, I yeah. can't do it. I never played Andromeda. Yeah, it sounds like you guys didn't miss out on much. Um, yep, they did detail like all the changes that have been made to Mass Effect One. I'm not going to go over those because we are uh, running short on time here. 
and we want to give Mo some breathing room here here in a minute. But uh, <laughs> uh, they did say none of the DLC will be included because of some kind of code issue, which is weird to me. Um, it it will not be included. Not the Mass Effect One DLC anyway. Oh, Mass Effect One. Oh, got it. Yeah, got it. Got it. Which is kind of crazy. Um, mm. They also removed some gratuitous uh, camera angles of like some of the female <laughs> characters that kind of linger on. on their asses. <laughs> Um, we could go into a lot on that, but apparently there's like one character in particular that, uh, uh, her whole thing is she was created to be like the perfect woman. And that's like a whole like personality or, uh, internal, uh, not flaw, but like it, she, it kind of fucks with her head a little bit. And, hmm. uh, she, she in particular has all the ass camera lingering shots. So it's like not, not cool, man. <laughs> so I think this is yeah. a good thing. Um, and I have a little note here that apparently, they removed a same-sex relationship, like a gay one. Um, but I, I think reading more into that, that was just development history, not like an actual change between the remaster and the original. So I was going to go on a tirade about that. Still sucks, but... <laughs> Did that, does that mean there's none? Or that it was just a specific one that they removed? I think there are some gay relationships in there, right? No? I thought yeah, so. you, yeah you, you can. Like, you have that option to pursue... Um, yeah. kind of whatever you want. I would be amazed and it would be a, it would tank that franchise. I think if they got rid of that option, because like, how can you do that in this day and age? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, but yeah, no, there's, I, I can, I can't imagine they would yeah. not have that be an option. Um, I've said this on the show before, but in all these games that have relationship mechanics, um, if whenever Corey's playing it, if there's no, he's full gay. So if there's no uh, gay option, he just like goes, <laughs> goes asexual. So, <laughs> um, and, and that's always sad. I think. So with the with the with the little news note you you made, it's like the changes they made: ass camera removed, same sex relationship removed, and it's like okay, super woke. Okay, yeah. what happened? What yeah. happened? To this next one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited for this release. Uh, so next up, really quickly, and this is something that I want to talk about in an aftercast as a topic, Warner Brothers patents their Nemesis system from the Lord of the Rings, um, one of their Mordor, whatever game. Shadows of Mordor. Shadows of Mordor. Um, so they patented that system. So if you go and create a game that uh, has a system that re- resembles this this Nemesis system, you're under risk of being sued. So you have to be very careful about making sure that your systems have um, specific, unique qualities. You can't um, you can't be influenced too heavily by a gameplay mechanic, uh, specifically the Nemesis system one. That is so, uh, so stupid. So I think there's a lot of implications this has, um, and we will talk about it on an aftercast at some point. Um, but just fun little news. Imagine if Nintendo copyrighted jumping on an enemy to damage it or like uh, I'm blanking right now. The Dark Souls company from software. What if they were like they patented pairing? You you're not allowed to roll. In the yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if the, the Dark Souls people patented like the way that you can die. Like you die, you come back as a ghosty like. That I could see that being unique enough to be be patentable, and that's such like but, a a common feature in games now. Like Dark Souls kind of popularized that. Yeah, it's like why you got to do that? Why you got to? People want to you like you you should want to influence people. But I digress. Yeah, it's I feel like we'll have a big topic for that for me and Jay. Like I have a lot of thoughts about that. 
That's just not good. This impedes on my First Amendment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about that. And then finally, that's the end of our news. But our, uh, here are the RPGs released in this past week. The protagonist, EX1, entered early access on PC on February 18th. Persona 5 Strikers came out on February 23rd on the PS4, Switch, and PC. Corey and I are very excited about that one. Apparently, it's supposed to be real good. Um, Hellpoint came to Switch on February 25th, and that's it. Nice. Okay, so let's go to the RPGs that are releasing this coming week. Um, I'm excited for Bravely Default 2 on the A Switch. February, yep, February 26th. Uh, Shores Unknown, the PC entering early access. Yakuza Like a Dragon, PS5, March 2nd. Uh, the Fellowship Saga, which has no relationship to Saga, I believe. Or Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I was about to say, but does it have a relationship to <laughs> Lord of the Rings? Yeah, maybe. So March 2nd for the PC. Neptuna Virtual Stars, PS4, March 2nd in North America and March 5th in uh, Europe. Ever Everhood on Switch and PC March 4th. I have no idea what a lot of these are. Yeah, pretty strong lineup though overall, and I know um, Bravely Default Two is going to be like a huge, really huge release for uh, RPG fans. I know there are a few people in our Discord who are just like super hyped, like beyond all belief. Yes. So, yeah, uh, Disa says she's super excited for Bravely in the chat, and I know Frost is like bought a Switch for that game. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's it for the news. And with all that out of the way, we're going to take a quick break before we get to the main discussion. Hey folks, my name is Brett and I'm one of the hosts of Skeleton House, an audio-only Let's Play podcast where my two friends Jess What is happening? Oh my god! and Steve Even he looks spooked play through video games and I edit them, add context, and act as your eyeballs. Also, we have a cat. Come check us out at skeletonhouse.budsprout.com or look up Skeleton House on your favorite podcast app. Or your least favorite podcast app. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. All right, then, we're finally getting to our main discussion. Just who is the legendary Mo Reigns? So fun fact, real quick, before we jump in, when I was looking for those uh, FF14 remixes to use as transitions, I found this album called Pulse Final Fantasy XIV, and it's just like an album of like EDM remixes of FF14 songs. I was like, this is awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> um, but I, this is a total aside, but FF14 has like an amazing soundtrack. Um, yes, it does. <laughs> I don't, whenever I'm watching your streams, I'm like, this is a banger <laughs> in a lot of the yes, bosses. Yes, it does. Um, Disa says, best part of the show is watching all of you rock out. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so okay, we'll just jump right in here. This is like an informal interview. Mo, who are you? Hi. Hi, I'm Mo. Uh, <laughs> I play a lot of Final Fantasy on Twitch, but I, I've been streaming for about um, 
a little over a year and a half. Uh, I actually started as a Destiny 2 streamer. And then uh, after a couple months, realized that was not the direction for me. Uh, started doing a lot of variety and uh, and and eventually made my way back around to Destiny 2 for a bit. And then in an, uh, October of last year, I wanted to jump back into Final Fantasy XIV um, just to see, see what it was like because I hadn't finished the base game yet and see how it felt and see how it felt on stream. And uh, uh, it, it pretty quickly took off and, and, and became uh, the, the direction for, for myself and the channel. And uh, since an amazing community has started to form and it's, yeah. Well, think- I, what exactly was it about Destiny that you're like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't it. So I thought about that a lot uh, because like, I feel like that there's a lot of people who are like, destiny is a bad game. And then they leave it at that. Um, I don't think destiny is a bad game. I just don't think, I don't think it's the game for me. And I think it was mismanaged expectations. And I'll say like 25% on Bungie's side and 75% on my side, uh, mostly because uh, I think destiny two is a great MMO FPS looter shooter. I do not think Destiny 2 is an MMORPG. Um, and I I kept expecting that to happen. I kept waiting for like the big change to happen where it was like, okay, cool, here it is. And it's just, I, I think at this point, it's pretty safe to say they've created the game they want to create. And I think that's a great game. It's not for me to play outside of like maybe a month or two a year. Um it's just missing a lot of those like key elements of like what I personally would look for in an actual RPG style game, whether it's an MMO or a single player adventure. Um, but I mean, for, for the game that it is, I think it's great. I think the gunplay feels really tight. I think they handle certain mechanics. Well, um, I think uh, um, the, I think they're, they're getting more and more creative with the weapons and armor that they're creating. And that's awesome. Um um, I yeah. think when I first started watching you, you had just s- switched to FF14. I think I maybe saw you play Destiny once. Um, and, and at the time, I remember you said you had planned on playing FF14 for a couple months, getting to a certain point, and then switching back to Destiny. And then just recently, when you reneged on that, I was like, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's just, it's... Um, Again, I, I think it's a great game, uh, and I, I think it has a great community full of people. It's just not yeah. not the experience I was looking for. That's really interesting that you mentioned um, like um, mishandled expectations. Uh, you said a little bit of it was on Bungie's side. The only I only have experience with the first Destiny. I haven't played Destiny two because I wasn't that big of a fan of the first Destiny. But mm-hmm. I, I specifically remember when um, Destiny one came out. Bungie was on this kick of saying like, like we are not going to like, we're just going to build off of this game. Like this, like we, like we have a plan for the next five years for just this one game to expand and make it grow. And eventually that, that ended up getting scrapped and they just came out with destiny two instead. Right. Um, So yeah, I wonder if, uh, if that 25% might be a little generous, but cause I remember also, having uh expectations that just were not met in the long run so. yeah and the, on, the only reason that i say 25 percent is because you know like i said i i think they've i think they've created the game they want to create i think maybe every once in a while they overstep a little bit in the things that they're 
talking about that they want to do and the things that they're promising. And I think they've misdelivered on a couple things, but like overall, you can only put so much onus on the company for not being able to please every single gamer out there. Cause there are a lot of people who love destiny for what it is. And, and it's a great game for those people. So that's why I think most of it is on me. It's just like, yeah, just personally, it's just not, it's not for me full time. I have fun. You know, I, every Thursday night I log on, I do a raid with the guys. It's great to just hang out. And then, you know, when the next yearly expansion's coming out next summer, I'll, I'll log on and I'll check it out. And then that'll be the end of it. Yeah. Running in a dizzy circle. I, uh, I feel like I just hear people constantly bitching about the state of destiny or like the new patch and why it's terrible, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. And at some point you have to wonder what, like, are you, you guys keep- even like this game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So have you been like a, a gamer all your life or did you get yeah, into it? Later? Yeah. No, it was, I was, I was five years old. First game I ever played was Mega Man two on NES. Nice. I, I remember sitting down with my brother and playing it um and uh and and it's like i just i always just got video games i always just felt connected with it you know and it was it was like like i think people are you know they have their natural talents and everything and and that's a whole separate discussion but like i don't know video games just felt natural to me like i just connected with them all the time and and so yeah ever ever since i was a kid that was like that was the thing I wanted to do was yeah. play video games and and not as like not as a way to escape from anything, but just because I I loved everything about the medium. I love the storytelling behind it. I love the mechanics of it and and love learning them. Um, and I got really when I was a kid, I got hooked in. Uh, really, the Super Nintendo was was yeah, where it truly baby. all started for me because I was just I was a little too young for NES like I, I had we had we had a regular Nintendo I played games on it but Super Nintendo was where I really like got sucked in I actually have my SNES from when I was a kid right back there probably still works you could throw those things off a building and they would work yeah, um, I know uh, Dizzy was recently like whenever he streams the Donkey Kong Country games he's actually streaming it straight off the SNES and I'm like how is that possible is he really that's fascinating <laughs> yeah. he must have uh, that's that's really cool um, but yeah, like I really, I, I think about games from my childhood, from the SNES that really like define me. And it's like Super Metroid, Chrono Trigger, Secret of Mana. Awesome. Um, Mega Man 2 is a hard one to start with as well. <laughs> Mega Man 2 is not the easiest game. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you remember like what your first RPG was? Um, probably Secret of Mana because my cousins had it and that was back in the day. Uh, for for you youngins out there on Super Nintendo, you used to be able to get it was like a port that you would plug into your Super Nintendo, so you could have three people playing one game. Oh. And Secret of Mana was the first game I remember where you could have three people playing the three characters. Yeah. Um, and so I just I remember that and and just thinking it was it was absolutely amazing because. It wasn't just that you leveled up your character in that game. You leveled up your weapons. You leveled up your magic. And it just felt like ever expansive to me. And, and I remember that being like the first game that I really did the deep dive in, followed uh, very quickly by Chrono Trigger and uh, and Super Mario RPG as well. Super Mario RPG was my first one. But since it was my first RPG, I had no idea what it was doing. And it was probably what I was doing. So it was probably another year or two before I gave it another go and was like, oh, I get how this works now. Such an amazing game. What do you mean you select attack? I can't just jump on it. Such, such an amazing <laughs> game. Um, yeah. So 
I think I think you've told me this before, but what was your first Final Fantasy? Um, seven is is I think my first Final Fantasy. I I I imagine that I probably played four or six before that, and maybe just didn't jump into it. Um, but seven's the first one that I remember, like diving in. I got the strategy guide for it, played through the whole game. I got Knights of the yeah. Round. I did the whole thing with Final Fantasy seven, and I also remember that being like. Final Fantasy VII for me personally, and and why I think it's probably, well, it's it's definitely one of my favorites in the whole franchise was just because of how it impacted me with a kid. That was my first experience. I don't know, slight spoiler warning for anyone in chat who hasn't played seven, but like there's just, there's it. yeah, there's stuff that happened in seven that impacted that sort of like broke the rules for me. I'm like, wow, you're not supposed to be able to do that. Like bad, <laughs> yeah. bad guys aren't supposed to have victories like that. And I just remember um that being sort of like a profound experience for, you know, 10 year old Mickey or whatever. Uh, and, uh, and so you yeah, don't, just, uh, you, you didn't know that was about to happen before you got to that scene. No, no, I had <laughs> no it, idea. You loved right, her, didn't you? You loved uh, her. We all did. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> what sadist didn't? Well, I think Everybody's if you don't know, love. I think if you don't, if you already know what happens, you, you don't form such a, uh, a strong bond with that character. Yeah, I, I, I knew I, it before I played seven, I knew what happened. And so the entire like I did not invest any. I've never invested any time into Aerith, 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 whatever, as a character. Um, I don't even know what her correct name is because I know that she is going to die in, in the original seven. So it's like. Okay. Now with the remake, it's kind of like, well, we don't know what the hell is actually going to happen now. Yeah. So, yeah. I just I I remember like up to the second it happened, be like, nah, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Someone's going to dive in. Nah, this isn't going to happen. And then it happened, and I'm like, well, this must be a dream sequence or something. Like something's going to happen. And then it just she's happened, a, and I was like, a, holy shit! You know, half <laughs> half alien or whatever. She was, yeah, yeah. Kill herself. She can uh, come back from that. No, she I, gets I, stabbed honestly, all the time by yeah, people in battles. No big deal. Use a potion. Um, <laughs> where's I the just, Phoenix Downs? Come on. Yeah, uh, yeah. I uh, and I, honestly, like, I'm a sucker for watching reaction videos of like people experiencing that for the first time, and that's why, like, I'm so I am super protective when it comes to spoilers because experiences like that in video games were so amazing to me. I want other people to be able to experience that as well. And that in particular, I think was a, everyone yeah. cries at that moment. I was also not <laughs> uh, aware of that twist coming. So when I got to that scene the first time I was, I, I did get watery eyed for sure. So, <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, so which ones would you say you, you've talked about seven already? What are some of your other like favorites in the series? Yeah, I, um, so I was really excited to do this podcast. So like I read through the document and everything and I've been like <laughs> thinking about all this stuff. Um, I, it's hard for me to like really categorize which ones are my favorite because I feel like, I mean, not only are they independent ten, stories, but like ten's, it's ten's your favorite. <laughs> specifically the ha 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 scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, like, we have that as a drop on this show. So, so good. That's so good. <laughs> uh, um, I, I really liked 10. I really liked nine. I really liked 12, but I liked all of them for different, like there's different things about the game that really jumped out to me. 10, I did uh, more of a deep dive on than nine, just because I thought the sphere grid system was amazing. So like by the end of the game in 10, I had everyone everywhere. Like Kamari nice. could use all of the black mage skills. And it yeah. was just like, this is just, this is just breaking the game at this point, And I'm great with it. 
Um, ten and ten I, was my first uh, Final Fantasy. It was also the first one that I beat without spoilers, yeah. and like the emotional impact that that had on me. Like yep. I, I don't think I've had a game yet that has hit me the way that the end of ten does. Yeah, I think for for me, story wise, if if we're not counting fourteen, because fourteen is an incredible story. Um, uh, I think tactics is probably my favorite followed by seven. Um, I, I just, both of those stories were like, it's, it's, it's almost unparalleled. Like they're just, they're amazing the way that they handle it and all the twists and turns and the way that they just kind of continuously hit you in the gut. Um, I really enjoyed nine. I really enjoyed 12. 12 is one of my favorites. Uh, I thought, I, I didn't invest as much in the story uh, of 12 for me. 12 was more like mechanically. I really enjoyed it. I loved the gambit system. I really liked how they handled that. And I like, I spent hours with my buddy. We, we played that game at the same time over like three or four weeks. And we had, we just both had a bunch of time off from work. So like I would sleep during the day and he would play and then he would go to bed and I would, I would log on and I would play my file and so, like, our PS2 was on for, like, three weeks straight. We were just alternating playing <laughs> through this entire game. Wow. Um, but, yeah. I was not a big of fan like, of 12, but I did I did beat it. I want to play Zodiac Age to see if it changes my opinion. I, I have Zodiac Age. I haven't played it. I'm very curious about that. But, yeah, if that's, that's like, mainline entries. Um, and then for 14, I, I don't really put just because it's... I, I, it's Such hard to put experience. in the same category. Yeah. yeah. Cause you're talking about single player versus live service. Um, but 14 is an incredible story. Uh, rich heavens word, which you're about to go into is it's supposed to be really good. Chef's kiss, dude. It's for what yeah. it's worth. I, I have played, um, final fantasy 14. Like I just got, uh, just, it was, I stopped playing a handful of months ago, but I had just gotten to level 30 and, and, gotten the dragoon class and then i just fell off because i realized i don't like my character anymore (laughs) (laughs) and so uh, like my daughter my daughter created a black mage just to like walk around the city Mm -hmm. i'm like dude black mages are sick i want that instead uh my character also has like a a a gray goatee and i'm just like i don't like it anymore (laughs) you can change it you can yeah i need to well, I guess that's a good segue to uh, jump right into all this FF14 shenanigans. Um, so, so what is it about it that draws you so much to that game? Because it seems like you, you really, really love it. I do really, really love it. So I played, I actually first played Final Fantasy 14 back right before Shadowbringers came out when it was in Stormblood. And I, I honestly, like, I, it must have just been that, something came up on my YouTube feed where it was like, you know, here's a class guide uh, for, for this class or, or something like that. Because I, for, for me up to that point, final fantasy was a single player experience. So I remember when I was a kid and I heard, I think when final fantasy 11 was probably coming out, that it was going to be an online game. I was like, I'm not really interested in that. I hadn't, I hadn't really dove into online play at all. Uh, not MMOs, not like Starcraft two competitive. I just hadn't really been into that world. So it was just a single player thing for me. Um, and it must have just been that something popped up on my YouTube feed and caught my interest. And there was a uh, you could get like the complete edition, everything through Stormblood on sale. And I was like, sure, I'll pick this up. It's like 30 bucks or whatever for everything. I'll pick it up and try it out. Um, and it just like it just got me right away. I just remember and I remember knowing within like 10 hours, if I'm ever going to play an MMORPG, it's going to be this. Right. <laughs> um, and it was it was just the way because I don't think Final Fantasy 14 does anything 
that other MMOs do not do. Okay. Like World of Warcraft is a great MMO and, you know, things you can do in Final Fantasy, you can do in World of Warcraft. You can, you can, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's the formula for each game is different. And just the formula for 14 just caught me right away. I love it aesthetically. I love that there's a combo system for a lot of the classes where one attack sets up the next, sets up the next and so on and so forth. Uh, or, you know, it's proc based. I, I, I love um, the, the character creation, I was able to make, you know, I made a character that looked like me and I was like, this is cool. I'm here for this. Um, he does, and, by the uh, way, <laughs> <laughs> this, this, I did my best. Um, and, uh, what was really funny is honestly, everything that hooked me in, like, like the gameplay and the aesthetics and everything, uh, I was hooked before the story because, and a realm reborn does its job very, very well which is to say a lot of world building and a lot of exposition to, to create the world of Final Fantasy XIV, and it takes a long time to do it. And, and it can kind of, the pacing gets a little slow, admittedly, at times. So I wasn't really hooked on the story when I was already hooked on the game. Um, and I got, I, I leveled up a class all the way to 50, and then I got distracted, probably like because a Destiny release came out or something, and then I just, you know, trailed off. Yeah, And then, yeah, in October of last year, I was like, I want to give this another shot. I remember really, really enjoying it. I had no complaints with the game whatsoever. Um, and so I, I jumped back in and uh, started streaming it and I finished A Realm Reborn. And uh, when you finish A Realm Reborn, there's always patch content between each release where they continue, they continue the story of the previous patch as well as set up the story of the next patch. And the story just uh, goes off 110 miles an hour. Uh, pretty much as soon as you get into the patch content. And it was as, as much as I was hooked before I was really, yeah. really hooked then. And, and people say that FF 14 tells like some of the greatest stories final fantasy has ever told. It, it does a great job and they don't each expansion does not live in a bubble. Each expansion does a great job of acknowledging previous events. It's not like this happened. All right, now we're just going to tell this story and whatever. It doesn't matter what happened before. Like it does a great job. It's one continuous story and just the landscape shifts from one thing to the next to the next. What was your favorite uh, expansion? And all of them. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're all good. They are. I've heard. They're all, they're all really good. Heaven's word was amazing. Heaven's word uh, is an incredible story. And, um, it dives into a lot of like societal and political issues. And I love that kind of storytelling for me. Like, like one of my favorite books growing up was Dune, which is um, an incredible sci-fi story, but it's like super into the political side of things. And it just, the way that it handles and discusses those issues, I thought was really, really good. And I also just like um, acoustically was a big fan of heaven's word. I play the game um, with Japanese audio because it's just, it's very pleasing to my ears i love to listen to it in japanese you weeb um, the, the english audio is also <laughs> kind of weeb. bad like it is yeah and and to their credit they switched studios starting with heaven's word and so from heaven's word forward the english audio got a lot better and uh and the way they developed the game the way the localization team works they actually develop them in tandem so it's not like you're getting a secondhand experience if you do the english audio um but i just for me personally it's just like like i said acoustically it is more pleasing to my ears to listen to it in Japanese. Uh, but in Heaven's Word in particular, no spoilers, you meet some dragons. <laughs> and the way they do the dragon speak is very like 
epic and it's just you listen to it and you're like this is incredible and it just it's oh man um and then stormblood i was a big fan of because i grew up with final fantasy tactics stormblood has a lot of tie-ins with final fantasy tactics particularly the the entire raid series from stormblood is based in evilise which is final fantasy tactics uh and it, it has a lot of tie-ins with that story so i just mega fanboyed out for that and then shadowbringers is is probably the best story to date the way they told it the way they handled the characters some of the like omega hype moments that happen are just incredible and um so yeah that's that's a shitty answer and i'm so sorry (laughs) but i i really did like i loved all three expansions um for all the different things that they brought with each one there's been a couple times i've been watching your streams and like you'll get to a scene uh in the story and i'll have no idea what's going on but i'm like why am I feeling things? <laughs> Why do I feel this right now? So I I might have, uh, so far at least, with, with where I've gotten into the story, I kind of feel the opposite way. And I think it might be a, a reason why I'm having such a hard time staying into it. Uh, so I only just joined a company for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, just got to level 30, really not far into the game whatsoever. But I've already put so many hours into it. And, but I feel like I have zero connection with any of the characters I've met with so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and like up to this point, like I've still been like a, a lone warrior going out doing, <laughs> doing my Lancer shit, whatever. Um, and so so it's been hard for me to like stay enticed into it to, to, to really feel like I'm in a world that has relationships. So where would you say at what point did um, my my eye be able to overcome that or when when do the relationships start developing when when you start doing the patch stuff after a realm reborn um i think a lot of people go through that in a realm reborn and i did too i didn't really feel attached to anyone i didn't really feel hyper invested in the story in a realm reborn um it's good like it, it it is what it is but the way like I would I would equate a realm reborn so 2.0 all the way through like 2.3 to the first 25% of any Final Fantasy game where you're like okay this is cool like this is a cool world whatever let me get back into combat so I can try out my new abilities this is neat and then as soon as you get into um uh like I said probably like 2.3 2.4 uh leading up to heaven's word which is 3.0 as soon as you get there that's like when the first big twist happens in any final fantasy game and you're like holy shit i am now invested in the story um yeah it's i mean uh, like i said i think a realm reborn does its job very well but it is it's a lot of world building it's a lot of you just have to meet a ton of different characters and it it does drag a little bit at times um because you're just you're you're going from one place to the next to the next to the next to the next and you're not really developing connections with people super well um and then all of a sudden it's there there are definitely a few key events where it it sort of flips things on its head and you're like okay now i want to go immediately to the next story quest and find out what happens that's how it was for me at any rate well, just curious or like speaking of all the characters that you meet, do you have a, like a favorite or a couple favorites in particular? In terms of like NPC characters that you yeah. meet? Yeah. Um, yes, but I can't talk about some of them because oh. of spoilers. So it's not um, any of the Realm Reborn characters then? Possibly. Uh, possibly. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> 
I just don't like where where Rich and Jay are at. There's there's cool stuff right around the corner. Um, okay. And I don't I don't want to uh, I don't I don't want to spoil it for them. But yeah, there there are definitely there's a few characters that I, that I absolutely love. Some of them good, some of them bad. There there are a couple bad guys who I think they personally they've done they did an amazing job developing their their uh, stories to the point where it's it's one of those, like, it's one of those bad guys that you just, you love when they're on screen because it's so enamoring. It's like, it's like Sephiroth. Every time Sephiroth appears, you're like, yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, so is there anything about the game that you don't care for? Like you just straight up dislike? Fetch quests. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, yeah. Fetch quests uh, are, you know, whatever, but that's like a staple of any MMO, right? I don't really put that on Final Fantasy 14 in particular. And this sounds like a cheesy answer, but no, um, <laughs> I like I, I uh, there's just so much. Uh, there's so much to do in Final Fantasy 14 that even if there were things that you didn't like, you could almost just avoid them altogether. Um, and there's just so much, so much nuance and so many things that I have a lot of fun with that I do a deep dive on that, uh, yeah, there's nothing that jumps out to me, you know, like a common thing that I've heard in just the community in general, not just the final fantasy 14 community was that people thought the combat was slow. Um, and I will, I will say that, that yeah, sub level 50, it's, it, it's, it's not like blowing your socks off, but I, I think that's because they, they just, take their time to introduce you to skills one at a time so that it's not an overwhelming experience. Um, As I say, it looks pretty damn hectic to me whenever I'm watching you. So. <laughs> well, and, and it's, it's super, like, it's just truly fascinating to me and I'll, I'll be as concise as possible. It's just like, I leveled a monk um, all the way to 81st, which is a melee class. Uh, and I just like, I love, I've loved that class in final fantasy. That was always one of my favorites in tactics. Um and it's just they do an they do an incredible job of like they'll introduce one new skill, but that one new skill will change your rotation completely and your class at certain levels because you get one new ability or one new passive trait will completely change how the class operates and it completely reinvents itself. So when you when you get to 50 on monk, things completely change and all of a sudden you go from having a one, two, three button rotation with a couple you know different things here and there to now you actually have like an opener that you do and you know you go from having like a rotation where it's like i'm going to do this and this and this and then i'll do this and then i'll start over to you know by the time you you get to level 80 on monk and you're doing in-game content all of a sudden your rotation with your opener is like two minutes long and it's (laughs) awesome um and it all just you know but but had had they just kind of thrown that at you earlier, I don't think I would have really picked up on the intricacies of it and under, and really understood and had a good comprehension of why I'm going from A to B um, and, and been able to uh, enjoy that as much. And it's like, you know, I've played Monk. I played it all the way through the story and now I'm playing it now. So you figure that's hundreds of hours on one class and there's still yeah. a lot of blue sky between <laughs> myself and like, top tier you know monk right. players um so before we switch gears here rich you said you had some ff14 specific things you wanted to ask or talk <laughs> about with mo yeah so with that are you you're familiar with what happened when it first launched right i mean it's a pretty yeah big, yeah big deal. yeah um, there's an incredible documentary on it yeah so in case people don't really uh know this back when this game first launched uh final Fantasy 14 it flopped hard 
I mean, it couldn't run. It was just ridiculously uh, buggy. Nothing worked properly, all the way to the point where they just had to scrap it. But while they were doing that, they let everybody continue to play the game for free. So Square Enix just said, you know what, we're going to, we're going to keep let you go with this whole thing. We're going to be making changes and, and take care of that. And then just all of a sudden they said, okay, here it is, A Realm Reborn. So that's where that main, main thing comes from is uh, A Realm Reborn. Um, and they brought Yoshi P in there. And I mean, that guy redeemed everything from this yeah. this uh, this game itself. So yeah. uh, great job with that. So what do you um, like is not a actual class which your combat class any particular non-combat classes you partake in uh do you mean like like the crafters and gatherers yeah. sort of deal yeah, yeah. so uh, uh just two two thoughts in my head to get out first of all i love that when you watch a trailer for a realm reborn it it is explaining what happens at the end of 1.0 and it is the segue from 1.0 to 2.0 and they actually when they finished 1.0 they shut the servers down displayed that trailer and then like when you came back to the game you were in a realm reborn you were in 2.0 it's super fascinating um i haven't i haven't jumped into too much of the crafting and gathering yet i know that i love the system because of the limited time that i've spent with it that was that was one of the things that i thought was really cool when i first played back prior to Shadowbringers. um but yeah I, i've i've spent so much time getting through the story and uh and and doing the combat side of things uh that i i haven't really jumped too much into that which in and of itself to me is fascinating that i've put like let me pull up my my steam here um uh drum roll pause so for dramatic effect <laughs> yeah. we'll get there i've played 700 <laughs> <laughs> I've played 762 hours of Final Fantasy 14. Holy shit. And I haven't jumped yeah. into the crafting side. From what I could tell, until recently, you've mostly just been plowing the story as well. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We were pretty much on rails to do any story related content, which some of which is optional. Like with with every expansion, there's always three 24 person alliance raids as well as 12 eight person uh raids um and those are optional but they're still they have story beats in them they tell they th those are examples of where they kind of tell a story within a capsule a little bit um but they're still incredible stories so i made sure I, I wanted to do all of that stuff as well um but yeah i mean up to this point we we were pretty much on rails doing exclusively story stuff so there's still yeah. You know, the majority of the combat classes I still have left to discover. I haven't really done crafting and gathering. We finally got a house for our free company. I haven't really jumped into too much of the glam side of things. So you're There's, not really worried I, about running out of content to, to stream. <laughs> I am not. There's so much content for this game. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, there's there's no shortage of it. No, that's, one, that's, that's one reason why I'm so scared to really keep playing it because I have like, I have all these other games that I want to play. I have all this other time investments that I, I want to do, but then I look at final fantasy 14. I'm like, ah, oh, I want it. But does yeah. it want me? It's yeah. It's yeah. No and I typically, it's kind of funny. Cause honestly, like I, I am not never to, to, to this point, have I been someone who it's like, I'm going to exclusively play one game. 
and and I don't necessarily kind of like we were talking about earlier, like I still dabble in other games and I still want to take time to like play through the other final fantasies again and so on and so forth. But like, this has been a pretty unique experience for me in that like I have been pretty for the most part, singularly focused on final fantasy 14 um, for, you know, coming up on five months and, uh, and I'm not feeling in any way burnout at all. Like I still, right now I'm thinking about streaming tomorrow and I'm like, I am excited to, <laughs> to jump back in and to play. This is going to be great. That's awesome. Well, uh, that'll be a good segue. The other major topic that we wanted to talk to you about is just like the content you do create as far as the streaming. I know you have a YouTube channel you're trying to, uh, push. Um, so like, I was just curious to talk about that. Like how, what made you want to get into that sort of thing? Um, I, I'll be as concise as I can. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know we're not trying to go very long. I, so, uh, I have played video games my whole life and I was really, I was actually pretty late to the game getting into YouTube back in the day, like not creating, just discovering what YouTube was. Um, yeah. but I, like, I remember the exact moment, uh, the Starcraft two beta was out and, uh, I grew up playing, RTS games, like I said, like Command and Conquer and Age of Empires and StarCraft. And so when the beta for StarCraft 2 came out, I jumped on board and uh, I was playing that. And I remember because with the beta, you could only play multiplayer online. And uh, I wanted to I just Googled it because I was at work. Um, I worked at a theater and we were in the middle of a show and we we ran shows at this theater for like two or two and a half months at a time. So it, admittedly, <laughs> admittedly, I was on autopilot and like, ah, well, this, this is fine, whatever. And I was just running my sound cues. And so I just I wanted to read about StarCraft, too. So I just Googled it. And uh, uh, at the top of the Google search, there were StarCraft II videos. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, I knew what YouTube was. I just didn't spend a lot of time on there. And so I clicked on this video and brought it up. And it was a StarCraft II tournament of, uh, and and like, at that moment, it was like my universe expanded. Like that <laughs> scene in Doctor Strange where she touches him on the head and he goes out into the universe. Like, that's what <laughs> happened to me in that moment. I just remember being like blown away that, holy shit, there's this whole community of people like me who love video games as much as I do and who play them as much as I do. And like here I'm watching like someone live cast a game as if it were a professional sporting event. Um, and so that was kind of the first moment for me. And I just got really invested in like online gaming culture and just learning more about it and YouTube and watching stuff. And then fast forward uh, up to November of, uh, two years ago. So two and a half years ago. Um, I, I just remember thinking to myself, like, you know, I could probably try and actually do this. Like, I think it was always a pipe dream. And I always thought like, Oh, it'd be neat if I was like some YouTube content creator and people were coming and watching my gameplay and stuff like that. But it was always just like, this would be cool, but whatever, not something I ever thought to pursue. And I remember actually having the thought of like, no, I think I could do this. Like, why not try it? So my initial thought was to actually start with YouTube content. Um, and so I started doing a ton of research on building a new rig because I had built PC by that point, but I hadn't built a PC for content creation. So Don't I did a started. huge deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I did. Uh, I did a huge deep dive with like Jay's Two Cents and Science Studio and Bitwit and Linus Tech Tips. And I would just binge those videos all day long. Um, and I set myself a budget and I saved up uh, for eight months pulled the trigger, ordered everything, got my rig. And, and over the course of that eight months, I was really trying to figure out what kind of YouTube content I was going to create. And um, 
it started to feel a little overwhelming. And so in my head, I decided like, maybe it would be easier to start with streaming. Um, and so I changed gears and I was like, cool, you know what? I'm going to start, I'm going to be a destiny two streamer. Um, and, uh, I, I started with that and really enjoyed it. Uh, felt like I was going to get burnt out on that after a couple months, like, and I was having conversations with Mrs. Mo about it. And, uh, right. it just like, I, I knew that I loved streaming and, um, uh, I, I just didn't, uh, I just didn't think I had found the right niche for it yet. I didn't think I had found the right individual path. And so, um, I switched and I started doing variety and, and that was kind of its own journey. Um, which was amazing, but it was just, it was, it was, uh, it was just a, a profound kind of experience for me because I just remember I've worked a lot of different jobs and I've tried a lot of different things and I never felt connected or like I was on the right path. Like I did with content creation. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think I remember you talking about once like with COVID that kind of shut down the industry that you are working on working in. Yeah, I was, I was working in the music industry. My background's in production. So i worked the theater I worked at did like live sketch comedy and rock and roll shows. And I did sound and uh, light design and did front of house sound for that theater. I worked there for eight years. Uh, then I bartended for a year and then I got, uh, I was a tour, I, I got offered a tour. I was a tour manager and production manager um, for a, a country rapper for three years. Um, uh, on the road. And then I worked in a music management company for three years after that. So I, I had been in music and live entertainment pretty much my whole life since the end of high school. Um, and uh, yeah, Mark, you know, March came around last year um, and, and things started to get really serious with COVID and obviously, you know, with no live entertainment music sort of grinds to a halt, especially music management, because it's not like you're booking gigs or anything. Um and so was that when you like decided to go full gear into this content creation life? Yeah, I just I honestly I remember I don't think anyone knew what we were getting into at that point. So in, yeah. in April, uh, we we were working from home and honestly, there wasn't really a lot going on. I was essentially like on call just in case something came up. And so I remember thinking like, well, you know what, I'm going to take this time and I'll just try streaming full time to just see what it's like. Cause I, you know, up to that point, it was like, I would stream a few hours at night or a few hours in the morning. I had a set schedule, but it was a pretty limited schedule. Um, and I was like, I'll just, you know, we'll, we'll see how this plays out. And, uh, so I, I, I would, I would stream all day, uh, starting at like nine, nine in the morning till, um, I would at the very least go to like five or six o'clock. And then on certain nights I would go all the way to like 10 o'clock at night. And, Jesus. um, yeah, I was doing some long streams back then. Corey uh, would kill and, me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and, yeah. and again, it just, it, it felt like I felt connected with that like uh, unlike anything I had other I had ever had, like when I thought about streaming and creating content, I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is this is what I should be doing. And I can tell just from watching the streams and I might be wrong about this, but it seems like it's week by week. It, it's just going, you know, bigger and bigger. Uh, I, I noticed your numbers have been up lately and uh, it's, I, it's been a, a wild ride. Over yeah, the last few I think uh, I think that you might be on your way to partner pretty soon. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Preemptive. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. It's been it's been a crazy. I am very lucky to be a part of this community. Um, there there are a ton of awesome people. A in the Final Fantasy 14 community and B just in in this community in general uh, who are super supportive and awesome and and who have 
uh, put in the time and effort uh, to show up for streams and to chat and lurk and hang out. And uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been kind of crazy. I do want to get back into doing things for YouTube, but, uh, and I have, I have some thoughts on that, but that's, yeah. I need to do a few other things first, I think, to set myself up for success. As a new streamer, I could sit here and pick your brain for forever about all this streaming stuff. But uh, in the interest of time, um, was there anything else that you wanted to, to talk about before we uh, close this up? Before we close it up, I, I do have to ask one question and feel free to uh, to shut it down if you don't want to answer. But um have you made it? Like, are you able to do this full time and and sustain like a healthy lifestyle and everything that you do? Or are you having to to supplement your streaming with uh, with part time jobs or anything like that? Yeah, so I'm super fortunate in that uh, Mrs. Mo um, uh, makes enough at her job that we can live on a single income household. We we worked uh, really hard over the years to, cause we, we came from like, we weren't, I don't, how do I phrase this uh, with making sure that it's accurate? We like, we, we did not have a lot of money for a really long time. We both worked at the same theater. That's how we met was we both worked at that theater. Um, and uh, that theater was a nonprofit company. And so we made like my paycheck every two weeks was, uh, between four and $500. So like, I remember looking at my tax return and making, uh, $15,000 in a year and, uh, and, and having Mrs. Mo's dad actually, cause he was looking at her tax returns. Like you guys literally make under the poverty level because, and this was a full-time job. Like it was, there, there was not really an option to work there and pull in, you know, pull, pull a shift waiting tables at some other restaurant or something like that, just because of how often you were, you were needed and how often you were available. And so we, we having both worked there, we were very much just kind of living hand to mouth and paycheck to paycheck. We didn't have a savings account. If something went wrong, it was a big deal. Like you had to call it, you know, if we got a flat tire, we had to call our dads and be like, Hey, I'm really sorry. I flat tire. I don't have the money to fix this. Um, so we, we kind of came from that to as soon as we stopped working there, as soon as we started getting other jobs and realizing like, no money does not buy you happiness, but, but there is a certain happiness to be found in financial security. security. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we worked really hard to make sure we were staying, you know, as safe as possible in that regard. So, uh, really just coincidentally, before I started going full-time streaming, uh, I essentially became debt free. I paid off, uh, we paid off our car. Um, I paid off, uh, you know, the engagement ring, like these, these big ticket items were, were all paid off. And so essentially we are outside of our house. We're debt free. Um, and so we just live with our monthly bills. So that, that kind of allows us to live off of a, a single income. I, I, I make enough from streaming that I can like, that I can essentially pay what are my monthly bills, you know, internet, uh, a bunch of different Twitch subscriptions and stuff like that. Um, but, and, and sorry for such a tangent, but in a roundabout way, like, like yes and no, if I were, if I were on my own, um, no, I, I would not be making enough. I, and I think I'm, I think I, there's, that's there, there's a, I think it's a long road to, to get to that point. I also don't, I, I personally don't believe that it's 
an option anymore to do that exclusively through Twitch. Interesting. Yeah, totally. I, I, I think I, I don't think there's really such a thing anymore as exclusively a Twitch streamer. Um, if you're talking about like really, really making it as a content creator, I think you have to have a presence on multiple platforms that can lead to you getting partnerships, sponsorships, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If we're really talking about like setting ourselves up in a financially secure position. Yeah. Yeah. That totally, that totally makes sense. Thank you for uh, sharing your experiences there. Yeah. It is really cool. And that's a, um, I really enjoyed just listening to you, like just talking about that, talking about your career history and how you ended up finding yourself into, um, into streaming uh, and i also think it's really awesome that you highlighted like the how important your partnership with your with your wife you know there's a, a mutual dance there with with people doing what they love to do um yeah I, I think it was really awesome thanks for sharing that oh my gosh thank you yeah i love talking about it. it's been a wild ride and i've been like i said i've been i've been incredibly blessed over the years to uh, have have been given the opportunities that I've been given to be able to pursue them and to have a uh, a supportive partner and all of it. You know, not not everyone finds themselves in situations like that where where it's a possibility. I think right after this, I'm going to go uh, talk to Corey and see if when he's getting like a, a big promotion or a, a raise or something. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, I need you to be a sugar daddy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I did that for years for him. So what's the difference? It's his turn. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> uh, but yeah, was there anything else that uh, you wanted to talk about, Mo? No, no. Otherwise, I'm going to go on a ramble and we'll be here for three hours because I <laughs> have a blast talking to you guys. So, no, it's yeah, I, I think it's, we covered it. Final Fantasy is, 14 is amazing. <laughs> the, the rambling. This is something we face every week. Like, oh, God, it's been two hours. Oh, man, wrap <laughs> it up. Come on. Nobody's going to uh, listen to this. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I had a, I had a blast and, you know, maybe we can all get together on another podcast and, and continue more conversations because I would love it. Well, absolutely. Well, on that note, we're going to go ahead and move on to our outro. So now that we've uh, gotten to know the amazing Mo Reigns, we're going to wrap things up here. Jay, what are we doing next week? So next week, we are going to release part one of the Final Fantasy V review. We did already record it, so you won't see a, a stream for it. Um, but it's a good one. It's fun. Uh, and that that does include Bill. So Holy hit or crap. miss there. Hit or miss there. You know, <laughs> feel free to skip it if you don't want that, but it's okay. <laughs> And uh, we're going to be doing the next, it's going to be a three part review. So part two and part three will also be uh, this coming Tuesday and then the Tuesday after that. Um, but before we move on to the plugs, I just wanted to thank Mo Reigns one more time for coming onto the show. Great person. He's my, my secret man crush. And uh, yeah, like you were saying, I really hope that we can get you back on the show at some point. Thank you so much. I've been so excited for this. Uh, I've been looking forward to it for like two weeks now. And yeah, uh, anytime you want to you want to chat some more, I would be happy to come on by. 
Awesome. I know Rich nice. has been planning some kind of Realm Reborn review forever. So yes, as soon as I you know get to the <laughs> spot with it, yeah, then we're gonna definitely have you on to talk about more story base of it, and then uh, when Inwalker comes up, we're gonna be talking more about that too. That's two thumbs up from me, buddy. Yeah. Was there anything that you wanted to uh, plug directly, Mo? I know you, this is where you give us your Twitch link and all that. <laughs> um, I, hey, uh, I stream Monday to Friday starting at 9 a.m. CST, twitch.tv slash Mo Reigns. Um, Mo I, underscore Reigns. Mo underscore Reigns, yeah, so I don't get called Moranus. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm Final Fantasy 14 full time. I have a YouTube channel as well. I don't have a custom URL for that because I'm under 100 subscribers. But if you just search Mo Reigns Gaming on YouTube, it'll come up. Uh, right now, it's it's a, a lot of um, uh, it's it's a lot of I don't want to say variety content, but I I did more like like real application like real life applications of video game lessons on my YouTube channel. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping to in the coming months, make a shift towards more final fantasy themed content over there as well. And then Mo reigns on Twitter, Instagram, all, all the socials come hang out. I love to chat. I am excited about the final fantasy content. <laughs> same, same, same. All right. So plugs, we'll kick us off Jay. So, don't forget to rate and review us on whatever it is you are catching this podcast through, uh, but especially through Apple, like iTunes and stuff. Um, so if you like us, you enjoy us, leave us a five-star review. If you don't like us, uh, feel free to leave a review, but I highly recommend that you email us first. Email us at rpgafteryears at gmail.com. Let us know what you don't like. Uh, what we can try and fix and we'll try to make changes or we'll say hey maybe your your this show's just not for you um <laughs> but you can also send uh topic ideas uh show ideas suggestions through our email uh so once again rpg after years at gmail.com by the way we uh we read your uh your review on the show last week mo so thanks again once again hey for that. you're welcome <laughs> yeah my pleasure um so that's how that's how we uh what if you want to if you want to get interviewed by the rpg <laughs> <Leave a review. laughs> um, it was not planned Five stars everybody <laughs> um we also have a patreon you some of the best benefits you can get over there you can get early episode access so as soon as the episodes are done being edited they go live for patrons uh you can get ad free versions of the episode get access to the aftercast which as we said is just like a bonus episode where we're more unfiltered um, you can get lots of extra non-RPG reviews. We just reviewed uh, Blair Witch yesterday. We're reviewing Celeste next week, um, which is one of my favorite games of all time, by the way. But uh, you also get the ability to participate in the nominations and the voting for what game is selected for the RPG club. And that's just some of them. There's uh, even more out there. You can find all that over at patreon.com slash RPG after years. And if you guys haven't noticed, been hanging out with us for the entire podcast uh, recording today. We are on, we are live on Twitch. We stream every Sunday, usually about 9 a.m. Eastern time over at uh, twitch.tv forward slash RPG after years. Come hang out with us. We uh, interact with you guys um, during the live stream. It sounds like that might be changing soon as far as the time, but uh, we'll we'll discuss it offline. Um, And usually if we're doing a bonus review, those stream on uh, Saturday, usually at, at noon. If you want to follow me, I'm on Twitch too now. So, <laughs> not here. <laughs> um, another way you can help out the show, we do have a merch store on Redbubble. You can get, uh, you see, I'm wearing this hat or not hat shirt now. Uh, we got coasters, 
posters, everything you could want except for hats, unfortunately. Um, but that's over at redbubble.com slash people slash RPG after years slash explore. Nice. And the conversation is ongoing every day through our Discord. Link can be found in the show notes or our pinned tweet on Twitter. Come join that conversation. A lot of great things. Um, you name it from every different series we talk about uh, from video games on to just everyday topics. Our Discord is like one of my favorite places to just hang out and chat now. So I was like very not Discord person, but now it's like I'm checking it all the time. You're like, what's going on? People have seen the light today. (laughs) Seen the light. I think we have about a hundred people in there now. Yeah, it's it's pretty popping off. Yeah. I don't know. I don't kill them. (laughs) (laughs) Um speaking of Twitter though, you can follow the show at RPG Years and you can follow me at the Scott Spot. You can follow me at J-A-Y-D-Hizzle. You find me at HailBlue1569. This is where you say yours, Mo. Come on, Mo. What is this, your first episode? (laughs) (laughs) You can find me at Mo Reigns. Awesome. So that's going to do it for this week, everybody. It was nice, straight chilling and vibing with Mo in person, face-to-face, finally. It was awesome. Uh, Maybe we can have him on again sometime, like we discussed. But uh, until then, I'm Scott. I'm Rich. I'm Jay. I'm Mo. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.